Hello everyone, my name is Justin Bayerjo, and for this episode, this third episode of Dr. VR, I have the pleasure of having a Justin O'Air with us. He's the co-founder and CTO of Artgate VR. Hi, Justin. Hey, how's it going? Great, thank you, and thank you so much for accepting the invitation. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. I'm looking uh, forward to it. Well, yeah, and I feel like Artgate VR is a very important um, virtual reality piece and also a very important virtual reality location in the metaverse, in the virtual um, virtual reality universe. And I'm glad to have you uh, so we can expand on that question of art gallery in virtual reality, but also on creating new uh, interesting locations where people can actually meet, interact, and enjoy art pieces in the comfort of their uh, home. So to start with, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your background experience? Yeah, so I've been 15 years in the tech and entertainment industry. Um, started off working for like a accelerator program where we've worked with celebrities, things like that, um, to bring technology to market. Uh, I got a Guinness World Record for the most nationalities in an online chat. Is that so? Day. Yeah. Um, we were working with uh, Gene Simmons from Kiss. No and, way. Yeah, this te <laughs> translation technology. Um, and yeah, kind of, I was the lead on that project and brought it to market and um, yeah, we did this cool project there. Um, moving on, I kind of got sold and traded along with some companies and uh, ended up working for a company where we had a Windows desktop application and um, we built it up to serve about 300 million videos daily. Wow. So cool. it was like Yahoo, Google, and then us were on the list of like most videos served. Um, and that, that was going well for a while. And then the kind of the ad world changed and we start. they were like, Hey, we're not going to let you put ads on a windows desktop app anymore. So kind of shut that down. Um, but we were creating content along the way. And one of the opportunities was to produce music content. So we're in the studio working with, uh, bands and, um, shot this really high-end production uh, like six red cameras like full team grips everybody on board and uh where sessions x was born it was um basically the idea was the mantra we had was film it like a movie record it like an album um wow. super high quality we're doing up to like 8k hdr content and this was like five six years ago when the cameras were like fresh and hot very ahead of its time yeah um too ahead of its time to say <laughs> um but we did these like amazing productions and then we built our own platform and that's kind of where i led the product uh was made vp of product um in um for sessions x and we built like the netflix of music so we had our own ott platform that we built from the ground up um and we're serving our video content Kind of got chewed up and spit out by the music industry and uh, moved on to the next thing. Um, I was doing some consulting and then um, my business partner, Brendan, uh, her business partner, Brendan, came to me and he was like, I'm an artist. I make these huge sculptures and I got to ship this sculpture to Italy to display. And I was like, dude, that's going to be like super expensive. Like you have all this overhead. He's like, no, it's like ripping his hair out of it. And I ended up, uh, take, we had a 3D scan of this sculpture. And I was like, let me put it in VR and you can take that around and show it off. Mm -hmm. Took it to Italy, showed it off, got a bunch of collectors interested. And it actually like ended up, he ended up selling a sculpture from it. Um, kind of was aggregated through his gallery and everything, but it was like Artgate kind of made it so he didn't have to ship a sculpture over to uh, Italy. Um, so kind of snowballed from there. We started uh, our friends, bunch, had a lot of friends in the arts um, who we uh, worked with and they were like, yeah, I want to put my art in there. And it eventually got to the point where I was like, I can't like handle I think we were just manually putting in the artwork and then building these scenes and building the uh, the unity builds for them. Um, and I was like, this is way too much to handle for one person. We're not going to be scalable. So we built like a content management system around it. And then eventually all of our friends could upload their artwork into our content management system and it would pull into one centralized VR space. Um, it was as we were like kind of realizing that like when our friends were hanging out, they were like, oh, I'm in my cool gallery, but like, where are you? What, like I'm by myself. 
and they wanted to have other people join them. So that's when we started to input the, the networking side of things. And uh, yeah, that's kind of where, how ArtGates kind of evolved from there and it's where it is today. That's so interesting. I, I'm always very interested in uh, how all of these beautiful projects came to fruition mm -hmm. and your, especially your background who brought you there. So can you tell, can you tell us a bit more about ArtGate VR and what it entails to basically? Yeah, so I mean, Artgate, the goal of Artgate was to make the arts more accessible. So like Brendan as like an emerging artist, he's working with some of the biggest galleries in Canada. Um, it became super expensive for him, like even just as the artist, like it, these galleries are putting a lot of costs on him to ship the artwork and it's coming out of what the artwork's going to be caught his sale in the end. Um, and he's like, this is super inefficient. Like there's all this insurance, there's uh shipping packaging um like uh even when we were so i'll roll back to like a long time ago um i had an artist management company as well that i started and brendan was one of the artists that i worked with and we'd do all these cool uh underground like art shows that we'd have djs that i worked with too and throw these cool parties um and so back in the day brendan had an art show in new york and we were stupid young kids. Like he was still actually at York University doing his art degree. And um, it turned into him. We were going to New York, got the show. We did a, a party slash show at Toronto, in Toronto, finished around like 3 a.m. and then hopped on a bus to New York because we were just oh, wow. like, yeah, and took an eight hour bus ride. Um, we hit the border at Buffalo and we got stopped and they were like, we, you have two pieces of artwork and you have Brendan, I had got some press for him. So like you have art, like articles out on you on the internet saying you're like the next big thing in art. So we can't let you over with this, um, these artworks without you like getting them brokered and put over, go through customs properly. So we are stuck at the border for about like eight hours. <laughs> and like at the time we had no money, like, I had to front the money for to get them brokered over and it was like 800 bucks and it's like god damn what are we gonna do big deal for a student yeah and uh so got over got it done and then we ended up in new york the whole ride bus ride to new york once we got over the border we didn't have anywhere to stay like we were just like winging it we're like we got a show let's get there and we'll figure things out so the whole bus ride we're there we're messaging people on uh, airbnb Hey, can we stay at your place? We got, we'll give you a painting. Really? Yeah. Wow. So literally the entire bus ride, no responses. A lot of people just laughing at us and stuff. Yeah. As soon as we get off the bus, I get a ding on my phone. Somebody's like, yeah, sure. I mean, those paintings are really cool. You need only one person. Exactly. Right? Only need one a place person. to stay. So of we course. got, we were like, great. We're like, we'll take whatever. Like, even if it's just like a closet, we just need somewhere to sleep at night and don't get stabbed. <laughs> um so yeah we ended up going it was like the most gorgeous penthouse suite in chelsea like this thing would have been like a couple oh, wow. grand a month um and yeah the guy was just excited to have a uh, painting so that kind of opened up our minds around like the arts open doors for people and it's like super gatekeeped in a way and it's like guys like us that are the ones that are gonna like go and break those gates um and that's how our gate came around well yeah very clever yeah um so that, that's been like our mission is like arcade's a tool to allow other people to break the boundaries of the art world so the crazy thing is like we get artists in arcade that are like don't have any back institutional background don't have um the experience or the network that's been offered to like that we've worked for or like that we've brought into there but they are super talented and we give them a platform to get that exposure, connect with the people in the art community that's part of the art gate, and really get their artwork out there. Without having to go through customs. They don't have to go through customs. <laughs> and yeah, there's no Airbnb involved either. They exactly. put their own house. <laughs> that's very cool. Yeah. Um, so you have a background I saw in user experience. Yeah, so I started off as a user experience guy, got into products, but the entire way, like I've always been in startups and like mm -hmm. helping uh starting my own company so it was like i was coding along the way i mean i learned to code when i was 10 years old okay um and so i've always had this 
computer science background, um, but with a with more of a mindset on like building really good products and really exciting products. So yeah, that's kind of how I evolved. I mean, when we came up when we came up with the idea, I was like, yeah, Brendan, I can build this quick app. We actually started with just like a 360 image of his art, and then I was like, he's like, I want to move around it. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna figure out Unity. So I picked up Unity. Went in, C-sharp was like pretty straightforward to learn for me with like my JavaScript and my Java background. Uh, so it was like quick and easy to like get in there. Uh, plus the interface is really intuitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also have like a lot of 3D background from like the just design days as well. Oh, nice. Um, I mean, when I was in high school, um, I grad like I got, we had a 3D animation course and I had 100% because it was just like it was one of those things that i started so early at like in design and computers and like computer science and coding and everything that like when i was in high school it was easy yeah then i kind of like when i went into university i was more like i want to learn more about the theoretical side of things and understand like new media and um, what the future is of products and how to manage those future products when they come into play. So that's the direction I took there. That's great. And speaking of which, um, you partnered with National Gallery of Canada, Art Gallery of Ontario, the uh, McMichael Canadian Art Collection. So how are they involved in your VR art gallery experience? Yeah, so I mean, those partnerships are really early on right now, but they're giving introducing us to cultural scenarios um, so we can implement them in our platform. So mm. we did a pilot with the AGO um, and it was partnered with York University. And they York University has a digital curation course mm. and ArtGate was the foundation for that digital curation course. So the, what happened was, is they, I'm pretty sure it was partnered with Dorset Fine Arts as well. Okay. They had a body of artwork that came through the AGO and Dorset Fine Arts that the students were tasked with curating a show. And then they did a full show in Arcade. Um, so that's kind of how that started. Now we're evolving into doing more cultural experiences with them. I can't talk about them too much because it's still early on. Oh, that sounds exciting. Yeah, no, uh, um, I'm looking really looking forward to it because um, this is like a whole new new iteration of our gate because it's like we've been really focused on um, just getting galleries in there and understanding the user experience, making sure it's like ready for something like these big institutions that we really want to work with. Um, because that's really going to bring the audience into the platform. And of course. I think we've kind of refined it a lot more and um, we're seeing a lot more, um, a lot less tech support, and a, lot, <laughs> a lot more ideas coming in and people creating their own galleries and implementing their own ideas in the platform. Um, and now that we have this new generation of ArtGate working with institutions, we're also having budgets where we can like actually build out things that are like a lot more exciting um, and more in depth. So we're going to be doing like three D space, three D built spaces versus like working with our general templated spaces that we have. Really, and wow, yeah, a lot great. more customization mm-hmm. and uh, aiming to build more authenticity in the platform and drive more culture into it as well. That's very neat. That's mm-hmm. very great. And what was these institutions reaction when they heard the words VR art gallery? Because they're museums, there are places right. you go to physically go to. Yeah, so I mean, at pre-pandemic, um, a VR art gallery was like, it was crazy. Like any of the galleries we would talk to, they're like, oh my God, that's like wild. Like we'd go, we'd go to galleries and just be like, bring a VR headset and put it on their heads and they'd be like mouth dropped. Like everybody's like, this is crazy. I'm sure. But they weren't ready for it. Um, it was too intimidating. I mean, most of the galleries and institutions that we dealt with were still using fax machines. So it was like, wow, I want you to actually strap a toaster to your face. I want you to like <laughs> go into the virtual world and figure out how to maneuver it. Um, and it was, it was difficult and intimidating for them. Now we had the pandemic where people are like, oh no, we don't have many other options at this point. And like when you're, everybody's in lockdown, you have no other way to like connect with people other than through digital means. Um, That's where we saw a big growth and a good understanding of like 
what Artgate can be and people became more accepting of it. They weren't as intimidated because they're like, I lived a couple of years on Zoom. I'm sure I can handle a metaverse or like VR platform that gets me connected in there. So that definitely changed everyone's perspective about it. And uh, it's been interesting now. I mean, I, I blame uh, much as I, <laughs> I blame meta a bit and like overdoing it. And it's kind of, everyone's got a bit of a sour taste on the metaverse and VR, um, but it's still super early. Um, I mean, I wasn't around when everyone was carrying around those suitcase phones or like the early days of those phones, but it was like 20, 30 years ago. Um, and now everyone has a mobile phone. Yeah, I think we're still trying to figure it out. Yeah. Building the foundation for an actual platform, an actual medium yeah. that will spread. Exactly. And it's becoming more and more affordable. So I, I think we're slowly getting there more affordable and i more portable more portable i think it's the user experience that's the biggest issue um and to get into the conversation with apple coming in that's what really excites me because it's like yeah. apple does user experience real well oh yeah and what do you think of their apple vision pro i it, i'm excited about it yeah um it's super powerful yeah it, it's gonna open up like if it is what they promise that's the other thing like i from a marketing video, I, I have I have minimal standards set from it. I'm like, this is awesome. If it gives me everything you promise, except uh, of course. Other than the battery. You guys should work on that a bit. <laughs> and it's portable. It's yeah. not attached to it. Yeah. I mean that makes sense. I, I've always thought VR, like if you can make your glasses or goggles or headset somewhere else, like it takes all the pressure off your face. True. But the fi funniest part for me was when they say, oh, you're carrying around the battery, so it takes off weight yeah, of the headset. Exactly. But the battery life is only two hours. While the movie they're showing, mm -hmm. that they're like, you can experience a movie with the VR headset, they're showing Avatar Way of Water, which is over like, three hours. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you can't watch it in full. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. They'll probably have like a MacBook charger you can plug in. Probably. <laughs> yeah, they'll probably <laughs> put a Battery Pro or something. Yeah. <laughs> There's always There's a whole lot of, of <laughs> supplemental course. markets for them to uh, cash in on. And we've been talking about, you know, um, user experience and you being the, the forefront at the beginning of these VR art gallery experience. And so what do you consider to be a successful VR art gallery experience? Because there are a couple right now, but you being at the foundation of it all. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's such like a loaded question in a way because like, what's a successful just gallery experience, right? Um, I think my my opinion is is if you can go to a gallery and you want to tell people about it, then that's that's successful. Um, so whether it's happening in VR or in real life, it really relies on the gallery experience and the artwork and the curation. But I think um, for ours, it's users need to have like a clean, concise experience getting into it, which was like a lot of growing pains for us because yeah. it was like, I need you to install this VR headset under your or this VR app onto your phone and then plug your phone into this stupid thing that you put on your face and then. Hopefully your phone doesn't overheat and blow up on your face and all this stuff. And the experience has like evolved over the years and we've made it a lot more refined. Like now we have like like 80 year old uh, women and like different people, like people coming in that aren't the most tech savvy people in the world, but they're getting in, giving talks, they're exploring galleries they're talking about the artwork and they love it. Yeah. And you just have to walk around yeah. in, the, in your environment which is something we do on a daily basis. So it's not like they're ha they, they have to deal with um, very difficult mechanics. Exactly, you know? yeah. It's become, it's more natural. Exactly, and it's it, more natural. Um, so yeah, that user experience and getting into the gallery is like a big part because I find we've had experiences where people get in and then they're just like, such a pain yeah and now they now they understand it but they're just like they have a sour taste in their mouth and it just starts off the whole experience on a bad foot moving into that um showing people things that they can like 
actually that actually complement the 3D world. So um, some of my favorite uh, experiences in galleries and ArtGate, they're focused on digital only. So digital, digital. Okay. Um, so like 3D artworks. Um, oh yeah. yeah. So they'll have like 3D sculptors that'll be floating in midair and doing like, cool animations and things like that. And there are artworks that are tailored for a digital world where there's like no physics, there's no boundaries, and you don't have to worry about how heavy it is. It's transferred by a thumb drive if needed. And the, that, the ability to go beyond that um, experience, like the normal experience, takes the digital, the VR experience to next yeah. So based on your user experience, what do you consider to be a successful VR art gallery experience? Yeah, so um, there's been a lot of growing pains with ArtGate. Um, so the, initially, like, the user experience has to be, like, seamless to get somebody in there. And then making sure that you have the ability for them to move around freely and experience the artwork how they want, because everyone experiences artwork in different ways. Um, Integrating tools um, to allow them to understand the artwork and learn about it more is definitely adds to the experience and makes things more engaging. And um, there's a lot of value in what the artwork is as well. Um, it definitely adds to the user experience, makes it more pleasurable and um, allows them to just be, feel more a part of it and adds more authenticity to the experience. Of course. And speaking of which, do you think an experience like yours should differ from an entertainment-based VR experience? And what ways? Because you're not, it's not a game per se. It's mm -hmm. more like a, like a walk around type of experience. So how do you think it should differ? <laughs> so it, it's been a battle actually, um, Especially being in like the Oculus ecosystem of early on, because it's mostly game oriented. They are super game oriented. Yeah. So like we went, we were they flew us out to California a couple times, and like we did all these programs with them because um, we're partners with them, and um, it was all about games. And we're sitting there like, how do we make ours like? We understand the value that you guys talk about about building a user experience in a game scenario but for us it's like this is an open world kind of experience where we want people to free roam so i don't we can't have all these rules in place and we have to just allow it's almost like a sandbox for people to kind of control themselves and yeah. around um like even just the onboarding process like the way the way Oculus would kind of like teach us, they're like, you gotta integrate your onboarding into your story. And like, it's like, there's no story in an art gallery. Like, it's like, yeah, okay, you welcome to ArtGate. Here's what you do, kind of thing. Well, maybe you can say it's like an immersive multiplayer art gallery. Right. You yeah. know, so that's one gaming quote unquote yeah. way of approaching it. It's, uh, yeah, and it's interesting because there's no, um, I mean, it looks, if you look at like, roblox and all the other metaverse platforms there's there's no end to the game it's like even like minecraft kind of thing it's you just build and you're constantly going and you're um you're just doing this action where arcade it's there's you're not really doing anything other than in taking something in it's yeah like you're watching a movie you're looking at art you're moving around a gallery you're connecting with people and it's social experience and a educational experience and a entertainment experience all melt into one but there's no rules and it's you go around and you do the only rule is is like you kind of stay on the ground and you can't go through walls like that, that's the only blockers that kind of exist in our game true and 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 in what way appreciating a physical painting differs from appreciating a painting in vr you know and what 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 factors did you take into consideration yeah um i mean our goal has always been to make the artwork look as as indistinguishable from real life as possible so we integrated like i built out some algorithms that would and we also had to think about 
our customers, they weren't the most technical people. They're not the type of people that are going to go into a 3D program and model the textures and build all these normal maps and build everything out to make sure that this looks amazing. These galleries are going to have a high resolution photo of the artwork and that's all you're going to really have to work for. So we built it, I bet we built it in, with, in mind that, um, with that in mind and integrated some algorithms and some tools that actually auto-generate normal maps for to add texture to the paintings. So like you are depending on how it goes and how the artwork is and if it's photographed well, you'll be able to see a lot of depth and a lot of texture to it. That's that absolutely true. Stands out. Yeah, and, the closer you get to these paintings, yeah. well the closer I got to these paintings, the closer like the the more details I was yeah. seeing. Yeah. You see more details and um it actually like has depth to it so that it actually pops out because we have these normal maps and just depth settings in um, the platform. Um, another part was we were fight, we're constantly fighting against performance of the device. Mm. So it's a lot of optimization across the way um, and using all these different uh, optimization tools like uh, forward, forward rendering and everything like that, fo fixed foveated rendering um, and uh, other optimization techniques to make sure that the artwork that's in there is going to look the best it does, but the app's going to perform the best it does. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, having just guidelines and educating people on to on like the sizes of the images and like we also like would resize the images on our content management system and have all the tools in there to make sure that it's the best for that. Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the new characteristics of rapidly interactive, interactive technology and evolving theory of the digital age brought, of course, new challenges, and especially for art and design teaching. But at the same time, with the continuous progress of computer hardware level, all kinds of simulation technology constantly, constantly emerge, such as VR, which also brought new opportunities for art design work. So my question is, how do you curate, curate art in VR and how important is location? Right. Um, so it kind of steers back to the user experience side where I was talking about how the, the digital experiences really speak to the space. Right. Um, there's no physics anymore and things don't, things can float in midair. Things like there's no, no rules on where like you don't need a stand underneath things i mean it adds to the authentic experience if you have a stand on it it feels more real that way but there are no rules um so art artists and curators that work in the platform like the ones that i think really bring make artgate shine those are the ones that are going beyond the normal mediums and thinking outside of our real the real irl <laughs> i would say um from a curational standpoint, it's the the curators and like gallery owners that are in Artgate that really stand out. Um, they push Artgate beyond like normal ways. Like some people just like upload an image and like put a video on the wall or something like that, and be like that's a video. Well, we've had galleries that'll like make a video like a thousand feet tall, so they have this giant video um, playing on the wall, and it feels more more interactive and like exciting and like really makes the artwork feel large and the room brings the room together a lot as well um and it's almost like they're interior decorating or decorating the galleries that we <laughs> put together for them um and it, it, it it's really cool what they can come up with um we're we've tried to keep it like I, it's always been like a an interesting conversation for us because it's like we have customers that are like they want to have a fully custom space and they want to be able to like put a wall here and like modify the space and we've kind of set a bit of a balance where like we have a templated system but you, now things are starting to get more and more open and you can we can integrate custom spaces and it's always been like we have this templated system and we want to figure out like how do we showcase the art and like don't focus about all the architecture in the room and stuff like just focus on the art because really like what these galleries want to do is they want to sell. 
Yeah, and, and you allow them to custom their custom make their own space. No, no, so you don't. It, it's been templated for oh, a long I see, time. I see. Recently, we've started to accept custom spaces, and like we do, like we'll basically our team will customize it for them, and they'll like pay for us to do it. Yeah. Um, and we're slowly building out the tools to make it a lot more easier. Mm -hmm. But we still want to keep things within balance. I, I'm like very particular about performance like if we open it up i don't know if you've ever like tried like spatial or any of uh, decentraland any of the other of metaverse course. platforms yeah. they they kind of like make the sky the limit with what's going on and right. i mean what it comes down to is you have a polygon limit based on the game engine and what the hardware can handle and I don't like having a laggy experience. Like it instantly ruins it for me and I'm going to get out. So I like to have a bit of a, a grasp on that and a little bit of a, a bit of a gatekeeper. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. Uh, well, it's called our gate. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the idea is we're opening the gates. Exactly. But, um, I'll, I'll, I'll gatekeep the polygon uh, <laughs> in that sense. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, it's definitely like going to evolve more. Um, but right now it's just been like, let's make it about the art. Let's make it about the social. Let's build this community and uh, we'll start to evolve from there. Yeah. And you also have digital sculptures even. Yes. And so I know you said your partner, Bren, Brendan, <laughs> is uh, actually a sculptor. He's an artist himself, you know, and outside of the Museum of Other, Other Realities, which is also an immersive multiplayer art showcase in VR, I have not seen any other experiences like yours, which is great. So I'm wondering, is the art gallery world in VR different from the art gallery world in real life? Yes. Um, socially, it's much, much different. Like, I, I mean, if you've ever gone to a gallery, there's always that like art student that's sitting at the desk that's like snobby and doesn't want to talk to you. And, <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, I, I always joke that we're going to have just like AI NPCs in our gate that are just snobby teenagers that just like. <laughs> oh, I'm down for you. that. <laughs> <laughs> but they'll be there one day. Um, but right now, it's like everyone's so welcome. There's no boundaries. Like, you don't be snobby to people. It's like, hey, welcome, come experience this. Like, everyone's so excited about it. Yeah. Um, so, and part of it is like you're, you have a mask on. So people don't feel that the social norms are kind of taken away. And I've, I've definitely had some pushback. Like we've had people that are trying to influence our, like we, we've been strictly influenced building our gate based on customer feedback. And mm. we were constantly asking them for feedback and iterating on it based on what they think and what their feedback is and custom avatars and like customization um, has been a topic that's come up many times yeah. and i've pushed back on it so much because i'm like there's a social aspect once you start giving people more identity in the True. platform and then that opens up fear anxiety and like people are aren't themselves aren't as authentic in it from that perspective and it takes away from the art it's about you and it's not about the art anymore and um so yeah we're kind of that's kind of where the direction we've headed along the way with that. And that's, prob that's probably something Meta really liked about the idea, because you mentioned earlier that they didn't know how to approach it. They make me maybe wanted to turn it into much more like a gaming experience or some sort. So yeah. what did they think about the whole social aspect and how did they react, you know, um, of, of, to the idea of having a VR art gallery? <laughs> it was always like, like, I remember having conversations with some of the, um the developer uh, like the developer support teams and they're like this is awesome like i don't i don't see this often here um but they're like i don't know how you guys navigate our system it, it's kind of weird and i mean they've given us so much support they've like, helped us whenever we needed we're in like all the groups um and they're they're just around whenever we need them for anything um and they've like sponsored galleries and stuff out of our platform and driven a lot of support for us um but yeah it was like they're just like we don't know how like we they wanted us to like 
for like content management side, right? This is a good example. Um, they were like, you should have that in, in VR. Like we want people to stay in VR. And our idea is like VR is almost like a bound, a barrier to a degree at this point where it's like, you have to have a headset to experience it. So we didn't want to be tied into VR completely. Mm-hmm. So we built our content management system outside of VR. So you can go on the, on your browser, on your, in, on the internet and curate your gallery and then put it put on your headset and experience it that's great or you can go on the web now and you can experience it through your browser as well i saw yeah Yeah. um which one is more popular the vr or desktop i think it's about 50 50 i don't check the stats now while it's easier for us to drive traffic to um the browser-based stuff but we get more people coming back in vr of course yeah yeah absolutely it, it I, I i've always said it's like um drug dealing so the browser is like you get a little taste <laughs> first taste is free and then um the full on there, experience you get the fomo and you're like oh, how, what, how do you move your hands because like in our web base you your hands just stay at your side and you're kind of like a penguin walking around where um with vr you can move your hands around you can point at things you can explain things better and everyone asks like oh how are you moving your hands what's that and it's like you gotta have a vr headset so we've converted a lot of people to through that to be vr users because uh it's just a more engaging experience like when you're looking at a flat screen you're only got a 2d field of vision you don't you can't look behind you you can't look around other than like moving around on the 2d screen mm-hmm. when you're in 3d it's around you. you don't have these degrees of freedom exactly yeah <laughs> um and it, it's it's crazy because like you paired with like this 3d space might not look like real life completely but when you pair it with like an authentic social experience that that's the magic of vr yeah um your brain i'm sure you can probably i've probably dug into the psychology of it a lot more than i have so far but like your brain kind of it's tricked um to think that it's real when we were first building our gate um one of like the very first artists leo krakowski um we we were he was the first guy to come in and try out our social side of things and we were cubes like you didn't have avatars you were just like a cube he was a cube i was a cube and we went through our gate and we were looking at his gallery that he had in there and he had these really cool uh videos that were um these bronze uh paintings kind of thing made out of bronze that he worked with an ai artist and did some deep uh learning on it they're really really cool moved around um and i was with him in there looking at his gallery and he was like explaining it to me and it got to the point where I forgot that I was in VR and I thought it was in real life. And then I was like, oh, I had to like shake my head and realize that, oh, wait, this is VR. I took off like, oh, yeah, I'm in reality here. I took off the headset. That's immersion. Yeah. It, it was like amazing. Like that, that was that moment there. I was like, okay, this is like, we're on, we're doing something really awesome. And this is going to be, this is going to change things in the world. Yeah, and it's mentioned on also on Artgate VR website that it's also a social place, like you said, you know, where you can see and talk to other people while the artists host events. Mm-hmm. You know, they host uh, an event. So could you please expand on that process? How does it work? Yeah, so I mean, it, it's we've got our event board um, like web on our website where artists can come in, they submit their events, and then usually they plan it like month or two out um and then we provide some support for our artists but like depending on what sort of package they have we'll give them more support along the way um we'll put post their events on the oculus or meta um apps so it'll display to everybody on there um and we'll post them on our website and get them promotion for their events and then Day of the event, kind of everybody gets a notification on their phone. They either hop in with VR or hop in on the browser. And then we usually congregate in the lobby because we didn't have deep linking up until recently. Um, so people congregate in the lobby and then we'll usually like usher in 
people to the gallery. So it'd be like, okay, you can go to this doorway, or if you open your menu and you can find the gallery, this is where you go. And then it's really up to the artist or curator or gallery owner to how to manage and operate the event. Um, and you can talk with everybody the can talk, everybody can interact. Usually it starts off with just like a little chaos of everybody introducing themselves to each other. And then um, some about 10 minutes in once with like a crowd's built up. Um, Virtual handshake. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we're, we've been planning it one day. You'll be able to handshake somebody and then they become a contact of yours. And That's so you can great. reach out and reconnect with them. Um, but um yeah virtual handshakes happen and then usually someone will like go and congregate everyone it's interesting because like you go into like vr chat or those other platforms and there's always like young kids just like screaming and yelling and like causing trouble right <laughs> where we we've our community and like i guess our user group everyone's really respectful and it's like a comfortable space where so it's like i don't have to yell over that little 12 year old i mean we have the features in there you can meet people and manage that but everyone's really respectful other than like we get some people who don't realize that their mic's on and start yelling at someone in the background but um oh, i'm a professor myself teaching online <laughs> you hear dogs barking exactly yes yeah. of course um but other than that like everyone's pretty respectful about it and they get the experience and they've like we didn't set that up it was just like it happened um so like artists will give a talk they'll go through the gallery and be like oh this piece i did this and this is why i did it and i use these colors or whatever it is and they speak about their artwork and then people will ask questions and it's like doing a gallery tour with the artist which rarely happens like usually you'll have like a gallery owner or um, some student or somebody just like taking you through a walkthrough um if you're lucky <laughs> like i remember brendan and i used to do all these gallery hops around toronto um when we were younger and it was like we were intruding in on everyone and it was hard to just like even ask questions um eventually we got to know everyone and people like, built those relationships but it took a long time to build those relationships and with our data just go in you're gonna everyone's gonna welcome you in you know great experience you can have your wine at home if you want sorry we can't do the vr wine yet but um it, it's it's made a lot cleaner experience than like in real life from that sense and it's you're more connected and closer to the artwork yeah it's funny because when i started studying uh virtual reality at the beginning so we're talking 2000 15. Yeah. Uh, people were saying that virtual reality was really an individual type of experience. But when I'm listening to you right now, I feel like it's definitely a social experience. Yeah. I know you're wearing a headset just by yourself. You're enclosed with that headset on, on your face, but you interact with so many people and you're breaking boundaries. You're mm -hmm. talking to someone who can be in Europe, in the United States, anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it, so, yeah, I started with VR back in like, 2014 2015 yeah. with my music company actually yes um and it was very much like an individual experience and our our idea was like to make the going to a concert experience less like sweaty and sticky and <laughs> more more about the music in that sense um oh, so focusing more on the content yeah rather than the that's interesting yeah but with art it doesn't make noise. It doesn't like you can have a conversation. I don't have to yell at you to sure. for you to hear me and go, oh, this song's great. Like you're screaming back and forth. Yeah, I love the guitarist, right? Um, with art, it, it doesn't make much noise. I mean, people will watch videos and they'll have music and audio on it. Um, but most of the time it, it's quiet and you're thinking about it. And so these people will watch videos by themselves without uh, disrupting any other people like that are close to them because the video, the audio from the video will connect to your headset. Exactly. That's great. Yeah, no, um, audio is individual to the user. So you can kind of experience it however you want without interrupting anybody else there. As long as you're not, so like the video, you walk up to it. And so if you, sometimes you'll walk into somebody's video and it'll, scare the crap out of you you won't realize that it's there but um 
yeah, the, the, the video experience doesn't impede on anyone, but rolling back, art doesn't talk, it's quiet, it's a thinking thing, it's work, and the social part of it is, um, it makes a lot of sense with arcade. Yeah. Um, I, I've always, people ask me a lot about, like, what, why do I like art? What, what, what's, what's, what kind of art do I like? Um, and I explain to them, art's like, um, like a mind puzzle, almost. You're trying to figure out what the artist is trying to tell, the message they're trying to give. And working through that puzzle is a lot more fun with someone else because you get whole different perspectives on how they take the art and, and what they think about it. And uh, doing that with people from all over the world with different perspectives just Amazing. changes things a whole lot more. Yeah, and do you allow artists to display interactive pieces? Yes, in what sense? Oh, like that they can interact with. Yes, we aren't. We haven't hit that yet. How would this work? Um, so it, we've we've discussed it a few times, and it can be done in arcade. It's just it'll take our team to integrate it. It would be more um, a collaboration project where yeah. the artist can come to us. We'll say, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll build this space for you. You tell us like what you want to do, how you want it to work. If you're, if it's the artist has experience in 3D, they can do that. Even if they can like kind of feed us a Unity scene file, we can integrate it into our platform. But um, we just haven't had that experience yet, or someone that wanted to. Um, I saw a really cool um, experience called it's called Modular. I can't remember the artist's name. Modular. Yeah. Mm. Basically, he built, like, it gave me, um, there's that art piece called Beastmaster, I think it is. Um, it gave me that kind of vibe where he built, like, this entire building uh, that uh, each room's got its own experience. But it's, like, all black and white, and there's, like, all these blobs that you can interact with, and... He, it was amazingly done, and I, I reached out to him. And like, I'd love to like eventually work with you or do something in arcade. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's that's the next level. Arcade is making it interactive and allow people to like the art to be interactive within the room. That's great. That's something yeah. I really look forward to. So you give complete exploratory freedom to you, your users when they enter the art gallery. And that's great. And we have the choice of visiting different types of galleries by either walking around or teleport ourselves to them. And do you think being guided or having exploratory freedom would have affected the experience positively or negatively? And how much freedom of action do you think a VR experience should have to be considered as a successful one in an artistic context? So in a gallery context, I think um, arcade like or in a gallery context, you need to have as much freedom as possible because everyone experiences art in their own ways. Um, it's, we are also like having the ability to like experience it on your own, experience it with others, choose who you want to experience it with um, is really important because it's just, everybody defines their own experience with art and what is there on how to enjoy it right like i sometimes will go into our gate just by myself and like don't want to have anybody around and i just want to go experience the artwork because it's it's therapeutic right? i think one of our comments on uh side quest um is actually shane he's the guy who run, started side quest he's like i i just went in there and like sat in the lobby and enjoyed the music and it was so like therapeutic and peaceful i did it too yeah because it's very it reminded me of uh you know when you turn your your meta quest on and you're in this very zen type of environment exactly, yeah and it reminded me of that and i really enjoyed my couple of minutes just standing in the lobby yeah and really enjoying that and then in the art gallery itself yeah and i i mean just like spending that time in the quiet zone yeah of like and looking at art and thinking about something that isn't like life like exactly. it's a great escape true, um, true and i mean that's the reason why i like going to like the ago or going to other galleries is because like it's like i get to go to this escape and like think about something other than life and like bills and yeah <laughs> everything right of course um, it, you know in museums sometimes they have guided tours and things like that yeah is it something you would consider an art gate or you really want to let people experience it by themselves yeah so um 
I mean, kind of our events and stuff are like a guided tour. Yeah. So we've had discussions and like this is a, a feature we're kind of keen on getting in eventually is um, you can record a guided tour. So mm -hmm. if Justin went in, he was he had his art gallery and he was going to do a tour, I could go and select Justin's tour and it will recreate, it'll take his audio capture, recreate his avatar movements and basically I can go and have that tour. That's over great. And over again whenever I want. Yeah. And... I can choose if I want to do it or not. I can just go on the quiet. Mode. That's important. I can turn Justin on silent for a bit and I can think about it. I could pause Justin on the experience and you just stand there for a bit and I can think about it more, but I'm still going to get, I can turn back on and get, go back to that kind of experience. And so it's a bit of um, allowing people to choose and ex once again, experience the art, how they want to choose it yeah it connects a lot with my concept i developed for my phd dissertation i call it the spectator so you're a spectator right. in uh, a virtual um, reality experience but you're also an actor who interacts and who has uh, many decisional components to it right. that will you know change the course of the story of the experience of the visit and everything and i feel like you're you're actually adopting that position yeah no i i i think so I want ArtGate to become like a, almost like a content, like the ultimate content portal for art to a yeah. degree. Um, so whether it's, I want to get a lesson from a professor from whatever school, I want to get a, I want, a, I want a little kid's experience. I want to watch a little kid go and like laugh at art, like talk about it um, in a, that, that's a huge part of it is getting people to generate their own content and generate their own experiences within the platform. Um, there's one of the galleries in ArtGate, uh, Allie J, she's out of California, um, and her kids will come in every once in a while during an event. Oh, really? Yeah, and they're like adorable, and they're like, whoa, mommy, look at this. I love the colors, and it's just like seeing that experience and seeing the kids, they're so engaged, they're so interested, um really excites me and it, it i mean the educational side of our gate or just vr in general it's like kids are going to be super hyper focused in, on these things because it's like you're not distracted anything else in the world uh, and they're feel they, they probably feel like they're in a video game yeah way. exactly you know um and it's uh i mean it's been proven that they learn better in vr yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, because they interact. Saying, yeah, exactly. So, finding out more ways to get people to interact with each other and uh, learn from it is really uh, what we're keen on. So, your user experience uses two different ways for viewers to enter uh, to enter the different art galleries. And one appears in a sort of virtual catalog with the possibility of choosing with the controllers where you want to go. And the other one is very interesting. It's in a uh, sort of an agora type of room where there are many doors which give access to the different galleries. And we're literally invited to physically walk into them. So, why choosing to develop an experience this way? So it, it's kind of funny. It it started where we didn't have the menu, like the catalog. Um, and it was just, we had 10 doorways um, in a round room. And we we were like, I just, we just built the space. Um, it was like based off the Pantheon. Yeah. Like it had the Oculus tied into VR and everything. And it's like this cultural museum space. Um, and then it, those doors all filled up <laughs> and we needed a way to um, allow more galleries to come in. So 180 plus galleries later, how do we manage that? Um, where walking into the room, walking through the doorways was like a more authentic experience for people. They feel like they're in the museum, they can go everywhere. True. But we didn't have the scalable architecture. And we had early on conversations, like we we're looking at like the, library of Babel and like how this infinite space exists um and actually that's kind of why where the hexagon shaped rooms the gallery oh. came from so they were like we can have this architecture that makes kind of sense that like duplicates to be in its space um, but yeah it, it was 
basically just a scalability solution. Um, we also wanted to offer people like premium galleries, a space where people can access it and see them a lot quicker. And the lobby just like made a lot of sense. Like when you go to a cultural institution, you go to a museum, you go to things like that, they have this like brand lobby that's always like intricate, however, which way they have it. Um, and we wanted to replicate that experience, but we also wanted to make it inviting and allow these art artists or galleries to be showcased in a way. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how that came to be. That's great. How did you design comfort in your VR experience? <laughs> it's been a process. Um, so I mean, it always is. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you're well aware of the the VR legs, and everybody oh, yeah. needs to get used to it and the sickness. Um, part of it, I mean, a big part of it is optimizing it, um, making sure we can run it at minimum 30, 40 frames per second. Mm -hmm. I like. I think we. We never drop, like our, I was looking at the chart, I don't think we dropped below 60 frames per second actually ever. So I've kind of set a baseline, like that's that's where anything under you kind of start feeling sick. Um, and we've experimented too, because like the speed of walking, so giving people the option to choose the speed of walking turned out to be the best way, because originally we were like, okay, let's make it fast. Like we just put it out there and it was fast. Like people were like zooming and they're like, oh, Oh no, okay. I'm gonna figure out how to slow people down. So then I slowed it down and then it was just like for people who had their VR legs, they're like, I hate this. I gotta like move around. Um and then we implemented teleporting. That was an influence of actually Oculus. Teleporting is the way to go. It I hate it. <laughs> you hate it, but at the same yeah. time it's very convenient because you're restricted to that perimeter. Yeah. And you can't walk over there like at the other end of the room, which I really wish I could. Yeah. But it makes sense to teleport and i really like that your teleporting tool is very has the possibility to take you very far across yeah. the room that i appreciate yeah. so you can still walk around a little bit i the reason i, I don't like the uh, teleporting from it's a personal thing i mean everybody's different but yeah it kills the authenticity i agree for me. Um, but it helps for uh, VR sickness, motion yes, sickness. That, I mean, and that's why we implemented it because we had people, like we had customers that were like, I can't use this anymore. Yeah, and moving around with the joystick. Yeah. Yeah. And the, so from a comfort standpoint, it was about making sure that people have control to customize it to what's comfortable for them. So yeah. multiple speeds of walking, switch between teleport or um, locomotion and um yeah i mean changing even changing like the sound the volume um brightness was kind of built into the uh, oculus already we actually did a lot of work around the actual colors of the walls mm. so actual pure bright light walls hurt your eyes and you sure. can't be in it long like yeah. you've got this thing on your face and it's like uh, and most art galleries are white. They're pure white. Pure white. Yeah. So we actually do like an off-tone of white. Even in like our branding, we changed the white to be an off-tone white. True. So it's a lot more easier to digest for your eyes and a lot more comfortable. That's uh, interesting. For periods of time. And we've noticed like correlation between like usage. Like it went up longer. People were not checking out as early because they were it was easier on their eyes from changing the colors. Yeah, and to me also, it, it touches upon, um, you know, comfort, but it also touches upon presence and flow in VR experience. Just as a reminder, you know, whereas flow can be uh, defined as immersion or involvement in an activity, uh, like gaming action or interacting with pieces, presence rather refers to a sense of spatial immersion in a mediated environment. So how did you design this? presence and flow in your VR experience? I think, I mean, it was a matter of, I, a good example is the lobby. It used to be huge. Like, yeah. it would take me a minute to get from one end to the other <laughs> almost, um, walking. And we, we realized that and like shrunk things down, made it a lot easier to access the spaces. And actually the current lobby is like so much easier and more refined. Yeah. 
to explore a bit beyond the lobby. It still needs some tweaking and stuff, but it was more of an architectural slash like artistic choice in that space. But um, and then the catalog came, which yeah. is to be part of that flow exactly thing yeah. when you you know immersion involvement in an activity and you get more physically involved in a way in mm -hmm. your experience because you decide where you want to go you point and play you know and you you click there and you go there and that yeah. added a lot to it yeah the menu um or the catalog uh definitely changed things uh making it easier to just jump from one gallery to the other quickly true and explore because i mean if you were walking if it was like actual physical space and if we had to walk through all these rooms and get there, it would take you forever to actually reach right. the end of the art gate. I mean, it's 180 galleries. They Each one has between one and five rooms. Uh, do the math. <laughs> That's a yeah. lot of rooms to go through. Um, so, yeah, having that ability to jump through all these um, spaces it definitely made a big impact on the flow. And now recently we just launched the deep linking so I can send you a link and that'll go directly into the, the gallery that I sent you the link of. Oh, so that's what deep linking is. About. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that now that that exists, we can improve the flow as well. So our galleries can put their links to their galleries directly in their Facebook or Twitter or whatever nice. they want and link directly to their gallery space. That's very convenient. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's going to help us too. We're starting to like look into working with different brands and things like that. Um, so it'll open things up there. Of course. And what are some of the biggest challenges in the design of VR project like yours? The more precisely, which one did you have to overcome during the creation? It can be technical. It can be um, philosophical even, mm -hmm. you know. I, I, I can touch on two, both. <laughs> I'll do that. So technical um early on it was like everything we were doing didn't really exist yeah <laughs> uh, or it was really early days and it didn't work well so you're like the lumiere brothers of, yeah. of vr of art, <laughs> art gallery VR. yeah art yeah. gallery vr um, i mean there was probably like four or five art gallery experiences and like maybe uh, a handful of uh, like multiplayer experiences yeah. in VR. Um, so, and the tools that were available, like Oculus, they had peer-to-peer um, -peer based networking tools. And it was like, that's what we started with because it was like, yeah, let's go go with that. Um, so we did that for a while and then like it was crashing all the time. I had more than three people because we were relying on your headset's power and my headset's power and like, our networks, hopefully they work well and doesn't crash. Um, eventually we moved on to new platforms and better networking scenarios and now we can like handle like thousands and thousands of users can simultaneously um, and it's evolved from there so that that was like a big technical hurdle um, and it, all around performance has always been the biggest issue like I, we've built versions of our gate where it's like running on Unity's HDRP super high quality visuals like everything looks pretty much real the yeah. reflections are authentic everything's like spot on but that can only run on like a ten thousand dollar computer with like high-end graphics cards you need an oculus rift there's all this like it's a fully it's an expensive experience and it's not as accessible and it doesn't follow with our mission to make things accessible so yeah we built it it's like a future state it's more of like our our uh if the idea was the one that we were actually going to have it in museums and have like a full experience with that. Nice. But that was kind of shelved, um, so it didn't make sense. Philosophically, the ex it, it's always been people are scared of it <laughs> to a degree. They like before the pandemic, as I mentioned earlier, like people didn't want to put on a headset. They didn't want. To, they were like, "This is kind of weird." Like creeped them out, they weren't comfortable with it, which it, it's, that's why Oculus went after the game craft, was because they were, those are the people that are comfortable with it, those are the people with the, um, the gaming computers that can handle it. Yeah, it's their bread and butter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's why they always, they went that route, uh, where art gallery owners and <laughs> artists and everyone across the board on that world, 
they don't have that kind of experience and like they don't they don't have the tools for it so that's been one of our like from uh from a philosophical standpoint it's it's a demographic that doesn't isn't quite ready for VM. yeah and i'm sure it's the same thing for every uh avant-gardist developers in vr you right. know who have to build stuff being the first ones to 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 build something new and all the hurdles they have to overcome. I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure Beat Saber, they went into a lot of things yeah. from the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, and to conclude, what's next for you? What's next for you and for Artgate VR? Yeah. Um, right now we're like really focusing on building out more tools for people to create in the platform. So create these cultural spaces and make it a lot easier for us to bring in more experiences. So as we talked about, like interactive artwork, I can allow people, I don't know, if I'm an artist and I want to make a giant ball room with a ball that I can push around and people can like have like yeah. a dodgeball in there. So that that's the next phase um, where I want to see Artgate going. Um, we have to do a lot of like business to keep things operating and um, tie down, tie, like nail down our sales funnel and everything and have the tech there. But now that we're starting to work with institutions and like we're getting in with like bigger brands and things like that, we're going to start opening up possibilities to really like take this to the next level. And uh, yeah, we're more authenticity, more unique experiences and more opportunities for people to create. Justin, it was a pleasure to have you on Dr. VR. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you. This was awesome. I appreciate it.